If you're ready to create more wealth and success in your life than ever before, this podcast is for you. Robert Allen, New York Times bestselling author and real estate investing expert, has helped thousands of people learn how to accumulate wealth and multiply it quickly through real estate investing. If you're ready to move forward faster and create the wealth you've always dreamed about, then we have exactly what you need on No Money Down with Robert Allen. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Creating Wealth. And we have our amazing coach and mentor, Robert Allen. How are you doing? Hey, Marjorie. Great. (laughs) And today we're going to be talking about a super cool topic that you love, which is how can we invest with other people's money? First of all, is that even legal? To borrow somebody else's money to put into a real estate deal? I'm going to say generally, yes. But if you're raising lots of money and putting people into deals without being really careful about the the legal rules, there are some rules about raising money. If you do, yeah, yeah. you. What are some of those rules then? Well, just in order to raise lots of money, you have to have certain characteristics, like they have to be a, a certain... A number of net worth, they have a higher net worth, higher income come in, and you can only show it to like 28 people or something like that. In other words, wow. there are rules about raising money that you need to just kind of become aware of in your city, in your area where you're raising money. If you're if you're going to a friend, you know, and you say, Hey, let's let's join together, let's be partners in this thing, that's that's different. Mm-hmm. That's yes, you can do that. But if you get to be really aggressive and you're raising hundreds of thousands of dollars to put oh, wow. into 20, 30 properties and, you know, yeah, you got to be really careful. I've had, I've, I've heard of some people who've, who've got, gone too far and ended up getting their hands slapped big time. Oh, wow. So little, little investors, beginning investors, ordinary investors, a deal here and a deal there, you're okay. Okay. But... Just be careful. Be, yeah, yeah, you got to be careful. Uh, and, the, and the reason I'm saying I'm not to scare you away, it's it's just to become, you, just to let you know that as you grow, you get to be more visible. The more successful you you are, the more the government sees you. Uh, in Dunap, in South America, or in Australia, they call it the tall poppy syndrome. <laughs> when that tall poppy gets taller than all the other poppies, somebody wants to cut that poppy off. <laughs> And so, so you know, if wow. you get really good at this, the government will see it, and they want to cut you off because oh. they, they, uh, if you, especially if you're doing things that are illegal or immoral or or unethical, then they want to take you down. That's and, true. Uh, so little things, little deals, a deal here, a deal there. That's mm-hmm. how I got started. I joined a, a club called the Executive Club. I think I've mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. And this club was a, a, a group of people that met every two weeks, and we had no socially redeeming value. That was our our motto. <laughs> we, we, we're not uh, we're not Kiwanis. We're not uh, the some of these other service organizations. We were just networking. It was a networking group, and I recommend that everybody form a group like that. <laughs> Either form a group or be part of a group. Find out when is there a group of people that are meeting for a networking relationship like that. So in that group, I was the only real estate guy. There was a doctor, there was a dentist, there was an attorney, there was, you know, one from every different type of profession. And so when people would say, Robert, what are you doing with real estate? You know, I'm a dentist. I'd like to buy some property. And I would go, well, doc, if I find a deal, (laughs) good, let's, let's do it. So I found a deal. I found a beautiful piece of property vacant property that would been built up all around with apartment buildings all around it. And there was a pasture in the middle with, with horses 
Like it was oh. the craziest thing. It was right in the middle of the city. <laughs> and uh, the owner was a, a large church organization that had received this as a donation like 50 years earlier. Oh, wow. And it was just part of their, their assets. And they finally decided they wanted to sell it. And uh, so I happened to be there when the gentleman came into our office and said, I want to get this appraised because I want to sell it. And uh, so my boss said, you know, follow this guy out and ask what he's doing. And uh, I followed him out on the street, just me and him. And I said, what is this? And he said, if you want, I'll give you an option to buy this property and I'll give you a year to pull it off. And I went, uh, what's an option? (laughs) I had no (laughs) idea what an option was. And he said, you know, you give me, give me 10 grand. We'll lock the price in today. Oh, wow. You don't have to pay any monthly payments. A year from now, you pay me what we price that we set today. You got a year to find out other partners and everything, everything else like that. And uh, I said, well, let me think about this. Because the problem was I didn't have that kind of cash at that time. I was just getting started. I was a beginner. That's right. But here was somebody who wanted to sell a property. And so uh, he wanted more than I thought it was worth. So I said, I'll give you 200000 for it, and I'll give you a $5,000 fee as my option Kind of like fee. to lock it down. Exactly. It's, a, okay. it's an option fee. And that means after the end of the year, the option expires, and you lose your $5,000, or you make money from the deal, right? Okay. Well, I needed a partner, partner, because I didn't have the $5,000. And what, 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 as you watch all of my videos, you'll start to see that I teach you a way of thinking and it's creative thinking. It's, it's not traditional thinking. You know, if you go to a real estate office today and you walk in, you're going to find 20 realtors in there. They are pretty much traditional. It means they're going to find a, a buyer that has 10,000, you know, or 10% down, 5% down, 25% down with their investor. They're going to look for a bank. They're going to find out how to traditionally finance that property. Uh, that's not me. Most of the, the, the reason that is is because most of those deals are retail deals, and I don't do retail. I do wholesale. That means I need to find a highly motivated seller. I need to find somebody that's 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 flexible. That in this case, the, the church said, "Okay, we received this for free. It's gone up in value. We think it's you know when we received it, it might have been worth five thousand dollars. Now it's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars." Oh, wow. So yeah, we'll take we'll take you five thousand dollars. I made him an offer. He wanted ten. I gave him five. Problem was, I didn't have the five. Oh, <laughs> yeah. See, so now we're into creative financing. Mm-hmm. I need a partner. I need something somebody who has something I don't have. I found the deal. I negotiated the deal, but I couldn't close on it until I had somebody else. So I went to the dentist and I said, "How'd you like to double your money?" Oof. I need five grand. Oh, wow. <laughs> he says, well, I'm just starting my, my dental practice and I don't have 5,000 liquid, but I can borrow it from a bank. And I said, go borrow it. Oh, wow. So he had to borrow the money from somebody else, which he <laughs> gave to me, which I, I now went to and said, okay, here's your $5,000. And now I have 12 months. If I haven't found another buyer within 12 months, then I lose the five grand. And I, I, I guaranteed to my, my dentist, you will not lose a dime here. Oof. You will not lose a dime. Oh, wow. Uh, I, uh, I mean, I'll, you, uh, I'm on the hook for that. Uh, I want you to win. And therefore, that's why he trusted me on that. So when we finally did sell the property, we sold it for two seventy five. dollars Yeah. I gave him triple his money back. And so he turned his 5000 into 15000 which is 
what investment could he have ever gotten? Right. And then I had to split that profit with my broker, my real estate broker who had helped me coach it. And so, yeah, we walked away with a big chunk of money. But it was because the partnership worked because I found somebody who had something I didn't have. Now, we're, we're talking about partners here, borrowing resources. They, they talk about it. We talk about OPM, mm -hmm. uh, other people's money. I want to broaden it out to OP, OPE. OPR. OPE is other people's experience. So yeah, I want, I want to attract somebody that's got experience that I don't have. That's OPE. OPR is other people's resources. Resources such as cash, cash flow, credit, collateral. Meaning, okay, if you don't have it, does somebody you know have it? Do they have it? One of my first 12-unit apartment buildings was bought, nothing down. When my partner was the, was the and I, I arranged for the financing to be done in such a way that the seller got lots of cash from a refinance, but we didn't have to come up with any money on the, as a down payment because the seller carried back some financing. That's kind of a tricky deal here. I won't go into that example, but except to say I couldn't qualify for that loan. Oh. So I went to a friend who was, was wealthy and I said, how'd you like to own half ownership in an apartment building for nothing down? He said, well, yeah. I said, it requires your signature. You need to qualify for this mortgage. It's on a 12-unit apartment building. I couldn't qualify for it, but he could. Same thing with that dentist. This is the deal. It, within a year, we turned that property into serious money, cash, chunks of cash. Okay. Um, wouldn't have been able to do it without his down payment. Now, sometimes you buy a property, and when you're buying with lots of leverage, that means your, your loans are 100% of the value of that property. That's what leverage is. It's when you buy with nothing down. That means there's lots of loans against it. If you put 25% down, there'd only be a 75% loan against it. But if you put nothing down, then, then you, you've got higher monthly payments. You've got more challenge pr problems. Sometimes you'll have negative cash flow. And negative cash flow means all the rents that come in and all the expenses are paid out plus the mortgage and you have $500 negative. I mean, you are losing money every month. That's not fun, is it? Well, what if you knew you were going to do some in increasing the value of that property? You knew you were going to fix it up. You're going to increase its value, increase its income. You knew that within a year or so, that property would definitely increase in value. It increased the rents. The negative cash flow would go away. But you don't have the 500000 bucks a month. In the meantime, it's either going to come out of your pocket or comes out of somebody else's pocket. So maybe you say to a, an investor, a friend, Tell you what, I could get this with nothing down, but the monthly payments are going to be too much to cover. The, 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 the rent won't cover the, the expenses. I need 500,000 bucks a month, 2,000, whatever it happens to be. It depends on how, how big the property is. And you could say to that, uh, to that partner, that's your way. It's kind of, it's kind of, kind of like high monthly down payments. Mm -hmm. If you make this monthly payment over a period of time, uh, I'll give you half ownership in this property. And then you go to work. Maybe you take some of their money also to do some of the fix-up, but they cover the cash flow needs, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes if you don't have it, somebody does. That's the, the line I want you to memorize. If I don't have it, somebody does. Mm -hmm. How would I find the, that somebody? How would I find somebody who'd be willing to lend me the resources that I don't have? Well, people are looking for deals. You know, real estate's hot these days. So everybody's got, hoping they could get part of a real estate deal. So that's why you network with people. And as I, I explained to you in this 
this uh, executive club that I belong to, that was, you know, they all knew that I find real estate deals for people. And I found one for the dentist. For and dentist, now, yeah. now the insurance agent wants me to find them <laughs> one. And now the doctor wants me to find them one. And so I become the bird dog. That means the guy who looks for deals and then uses other people's resources to buy it. And I get part ownership in it. That's true. So traditional real estate agents, they don't get this because they know that if they take that to a bank, the bank is not going to be happy with that. The bank is going to go, did you borrow your down payment for somebody? Well, we don't like that. We don't like it when you borrow a down payment. That means you're not strong enough yourself to do it by yourself. Mm -hmm. So that means that maybe your partner has to go on the loan with you, and that's okay. In the case with the 12-unit apartment building, my situation was so weak that I didn't apply for the mortgage at all. I didn't put my name on the mortgage. Uh -huh. My partner did all of that. I wasn't even on the mortgage because... If I had put on it, it would have weakened the deal. It would have looked worse. Mm -hmm. So I said, you go get the loan. We'll now own the property. You can sell me. I mean, as part of the escrow, I end up with an ownership position in this property, which eventually I did sell. I, I bought him out oh. by giving him other investments that, were, that he liked and he wanted rather than this 12-unit apartment building because it had some negative cash flow at first. So he, I bought him out. Therefore, I owned the entire building that he, we used his credit to buy. And that building eventually uh, increased in value to where maybe four or $500,000 of my first million came from that one building. Oh, wow. Now, this was a very creative deal. Very creative. Um, most realtors would have never even known how to put that together. And they would have told you that it was not possible to do that. Because when a person is 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 uncreative, and most realtors are uncreative, I'm gonna I'm gonna have some realtors hate me for what I'm gonna <laughs> say right now. I remember I was a realtor for many years. Or maybe some of them may change their heart and be more creative from I this hope conversation. So. so I hope so. Yeah. So these these realtors are trained to go get the the, the easiest, fastest deal. They're lazy. Find me a good, strong buyer. Find me a seller who wants what they want. I'll promise them they can get their price. I find the, the strong buyer. The, the bank makes a loan. It's retail. I don't want a retail deal. You know, if you're buying, if you're if you're buying retail, that means you're you're um, making mistakes on your investment portfolio. For example, right now we have people who are um, they make an offer on a property and there's 12 other offers on the same property. So what are they doing? They're bidding up the price of that property. Now, it's okay to bid it up if you know that that property is undervalued or if you know that what you'll do with that property will increase its value dramatically. It's okay to pay more than what the market is bearing. It's okay to pay more. But if you're paying more because you want to just get in, hoping that that property will increase in value, that's speculating. And that's what happened in 2008, 2009. There was too much money chasing too few, too few properties and people were bidding up properties. They're buying retail, retail, retail. This is stupid. Don't do this. I would rather you buy, did not buy anything than you buy a property that's overvalued. Will it eventually increase in value enough over a period of years where eventually the mortgage gets paid down and the property will increase in value? Naturally, maybe that might happen. But, but it's still a speculating. Yeah, but you're still speculating. Mm -hmm. And and this is what happens with most investors. They'll buy to, to, they'll pay retail or above retail, 
and then they can't rent it out for enough to cover their mortgage payment. So it's negative cash flow. So you get five of those and you're it's sucking two, three, four thousand dollars a month out of your life. And after a while, you become a highly motivated seller. You go, I, I didn't buy into this. I thought this probably would double in value and then I would sell it, pay off my mortgages, you know, pay off my losses on my deals. I, I walk away some profit and then, well, that's just not smart. It just isn't. So if you're going to borrow some money from somebody else, if you're going to borrow their resources, cash, cash flow, credit, or collateral, it must be a, a wholesale deal. It, you use creative financing to make a good deal great, not to make a bad deal better. So a bad deal is... It's always a bad deal. It's, it's retail. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's above retail. It's negative cash flow. That's a bad deal. Don't use creative financing for that. That's stupid. You use creative financing to buy a property that's below the market where you have a great potential for increasing its value through fixing up, for increasing its revenue, et cetera. And most beginning, beginning investors, they don't get this. They, you know, they just see everybody's buying property and, and, and they say, I'm, I got FOMO. They're, people are going to, you know, they're going to miss out here on this real estate thing. Well, didn't we learn this 10 years ago? We learned this. We learned it. Hello. They're lacking that experience, but now they have it. Yeah. So thank exactly. you for sharing that. And um, and also I, I noticed that um when you were mentioning about convincing uh, <coughs> your partner, it was really cool how you mentioned, oh yeah, this person is also gonna win. So the way that you approach it personally, I noticed that your method is more like making sure that your partner wins, the seller wins, you win. Exactly. Um, and it also <laughs> makes it easy for any possible partners to be like, oh, actually, I can make really good deals with Robert Allen. I can actually make profit out of it, and I'm not going to get my money ripped off. So. You know, with the way we buy real estate these days, when we buy a house and we buy one a day now, we have a system. We, we know exactly what we're doing. We buy it based upon the, the narrow, narrow parameters, and we say no to lots of deals, most of the deals. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, one deal will, deal will fit in the parameters. We know we can make cash flow from it. We know it can increase in value. We know long-term is good. It's, it's, uh, it's smart. But most people, they don't, they don't do that. They, they get involved in the, in the, in the, uh, the frenzy mm -hmm. of buying real estate when everybody else is buying it. And, you know, e even, even in a hot marketplace, there are deals. I just heard one of my students, actually, is... Uh, uh, taught somebody to do this deal. It was a property that was vacant and it was um, boarded up and nobody wanted it. And um, the reason nobody wanted it is because it looked hor horrible, it looked <laughs> terrible, right? Mm -hmm. And he needed the money to buy it and to fix it up. And it was going to cost, you know, $20,000, $30,000 to fix it up. Mm -hmm. um, when it was all fixed up, it was going to double, triple, quadruple in value from what wow. they paid for it. But most people, they don't, they don't look at deals like that in the same way that we do. It was in a neighborhood, uh, had very nice homes. It was in a, a lower middle-class neighborhood. There weren't vacant properties. There weren't cars abandoned on lots. It was a, a, a neighborhood that was, was uh, below median price, which is where I want you to invest, below the median price in that neighborhood. But it's just been sitting there for so long that the neighbors didn't even think it was worth buying. Oh, wow. Uh, the neighbors just hated the name, hated the guy that owned it. He didn't live there. They boarded it up. And yet the neighbor across the street was the one that actually bought it. My student bought it. Fixed it up and sold it. Didn't even fix it up. Oh. Just went to the guy across the street. He said, would you like to own this property across the street from you? Yeah, it's $20,000 more than what he bought it for. 
And therefore, without really spending any time or money on it, he was able to flip it to the guy across the street who could have bought it himself. Wow. He was sitting across his own street. <laughs> so don't tell me that there aren't deals out there. There are deals everywhere. And but the but the the real estate in, uh, realtors the realtor game is since it's retail uh, there's lots of activity on some properties that are available and I just say don't get involved in that game don't do that don't 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 buy that way not That's smart mm -hmm. not smart and um, also you don't have to be scared of maybe losing one or two or two of those bad deals that look like good deals because there's always a really really good deal that could be right around the corner you just have to open your creative yeah. eyes and be able to see it yeah and then creativity means how do i mm -hmm. pull together some non-traditional ways of solving that seller's problem that is different than the realtor would offer the realtor would want to list the property want to list it at whatever the higher price would be what do you, what do you want for your property i'll list it at that That's not negotiation. That's just giving the seller what he wants, you know. And they put it on the marketplace. That's just not smart investing. You just we just don't do it that way. That's true. Well, thank you so much, Robert. Again, and such a pleasure to always have more knowledge from you. And now to all our audience, they are more than able to start investing. If you don't have the resources, go and find someone that that's buy two, them. buy two this year, buy two next year, buy two the year after that. Within 10 years, you'll have 20. Those 20 will make you rich. They'll give you cash flow. You'll retire in 10 years from today. Financially free. Exactly. That's true. Thank you so much, Robert Allen. And to all our audience, get started on real estate. Let's start buying a couple of houses. Do you it. can do it. Hey!